Danny Mac Show with BK, getting you inside the Cards and St. Louis Sports on 101 ESPN. After a successful 20 season just ended over a week ago, we have determined that we have a philosophical difference in the direction that our major league club is going. We feel like at this time that it is best for us to end our partnership with Mike Show. So I, not- I notified him earlier today that um, he has been dismissed of his duties. Well, there you go. That is uh, from yesterday, John Mosellock, the president of baseball operations on a Zoom with Bill DeWitt, the chairman of the board of the St. Louis Cardinals, as the Cardinals part ways with manager Mike Schilt. We've been talking about it all morning. It is the Danny Mac show on a Friday. And uh, let's bring in BK. And BK, you can tell everybody where you're at. I'm in the studios of 101 ESPN. Good morning to you. And where do we find you? Good morning, Eddie, and I am out at Copper Fire in Belleville, Illinois. That's where we are going to be at for the Blues season preview party today. We will be here 101 ESPN, well, at least, until 7 o'clock. We've got live shows from 10 a.m. all the way until 7 p.m. So we're going to be live out at Copper Fire in Belleville, Illinois. Come on come on over, stop by. We're going to have some Blues guests throughout the day. I know Barrett Jackman's going to be joining us coming up on BK and Ferrario around noon. So make sure to stop by, say hello, grab yourself a drink, grab some lunch, hang out, and celebrate the start of the Blue season. All right, that'll be on Bally Sports tomorrow in Colorado. Also, 101 ESPN right here. So, Mike Schilt, uh, I mentioned on the morning show, BK, I did speak with Mike right after the press conference happened. Um he was emotional. He was stunned with the decision. Was not expecting this. Expected to be the manager next year and, and long term. And and now he is gone. I, I you know I've known Mike since the time he was hired back in what 18 years ago, 0304. A great baseball mind. I mean, Tony Larusa was here 16 years. Mike Matheny, roughly six and a half years, and the Schilt winning percentage was 559. So to put it in perspective, he was better than winning percentage-wise, than Tony La Russa, Whitey Herzog, Red Shandings, Joe Torre, some pretty big names in Cardinal history. Now, the phrase that we kept on hearing was philosophical differences, which is something, BK, that you hear in every walk of life. You and I have philosophical differences (laughs) on how we make breakfast, uh, how we go to bed at night, what movie to watch. I mean, we got philosophical differences, man. We do, I'm telling you. So it's in every walk of life. But I thought the key quote, and what we heard from John Mosellock yesterday was we felt like the leadership downstairs needed to be on the same page. Now, there's some other things that I, I pulled out of that as well. We're, we're going to hear from, from Mo and, and from uh, Bill DeWitt. But that, to me, was the key phrase. There was something that happened last week with organizational meetings where there was a disconnect in the relationship. Now, where is that disconnect? Is it with Mo? Is it with Jeff Albert? Is it with other members of the staff? Was it with players? Um, and maybe as time goes on, we're going to find out. I'm sure Mike Schilt will talk to the media, and I bet he takes the high road and moves on, and he'll have success wherever he goes. But that was one of the key things that I pulled away from yesterday. Yeah, I think w- when they said there were philosophical differences and then declined multiple times to divulge what those actually were, it left all room for speculation by Cardinals fans, by us in the media, as to what this actually means. And Dan, that's what we're going to spend, I would imagine, the next week or so at least, kind of wondering is what happened here? 
Um, because as recently as a few days ago, I know we were all anticipating a Mike Schilt extension, not a Mike Schilt firing. And for it to go this south this quickly, it does seemingly suggest that there was a significant disconnect here. And I don't know what it was. I'm not sure if we will ever truly know the extent to which that disconnect took place. But I do wonder, I mean, there was the interview that Mike Schilt did, and this is all public, so I'm sure there was more than this privately, but there was the interview Mike Schilt did with KSDK right before he left to go home to, uh, to Carolina, and he was asked about Nolan Gorman and whether or not it would be fair for Gorman to be a DH starting out next season, and he basically said, ah, I'm, I'm not sure that that would be totally fair to him. Um, he was asked about Alex Reyes, and it was... I would say at least non-committal in terms of him being a starter next year. Um, he was asked about the roster as a whole, and I mentioned this a couple of days ago. This is not hindsight. This is what I said in the in the time being. And he he kind of started out by saying, you know, some of the super teams have, and then cut himself off, and then went into what, how happy he is with the roster that he's able to manage. But it was very clear that you know there are some things that he would like to see changed here. And I just wonder, what is the root of the philosophical differences? Is it the pitching staff? Are, are they going to go more six-man rotation? What we saw last night from the Dodgers, where they start an opener, and they end up going to the starter later, and then bring in a, a starter as a ninth-inning guy in Max Scherzer. Like, the, the atypical, the, um, the different routes that teams are going with to, um, to go about their pitching, is that something that was different? Uh, the splits that we've heard so much about, the matchups that the Cardinals would like to play. We've heard that for years, and they really haven't done it yet. Is that something that he was opposed to? Um, the young players that they could potentially bring up to put in more significant roles, was he opposed to that? All of these different things are things that come to mind for me, Dan. I don't know if it was one, if it was all of those things, but this is all stuff that is fair to speculate about because the Cardinals didn't want to do that for us. Yesterday. And those are baseball things that you're, you're bringing up. So let, let's say like if the team had lost and was not playing well, and it's been a, you know, a two year period in which they're 500 or under 500 don't make postseason play. Or if there were just out of the box, crazy in-game decisions and bullpen management was terrible um, maybe there were issues with the media. If all those things happen, then we have a reason, right? You, you could say, I can point to that and say, okay, that's the direction they saw this thing going. They didn't like it. And there was a reason that he got fired. Um, and right now, I think you wake up and you go to bed last night and there's a lot of gray area, which, which is what you're talking about, the speculation. Now, the things that you're talking about are baseball things that I think you can work through. So my question would be, what happened last week um, organizationally during these meetings? Um, it, was it a baseball thing, like the issues you're talking about, or was there something that he just didn't get along with some people and we just don't know about it? You, you don't know everything unless you're down there and unless you're behind the scenes, and we don't. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I, I think that the Cardinals, by saying philosophical differences yesterday, and I mentioned this earlier on the show, is that in any walk of life in a business, and let's say you've worked 18 years there and you put your heart and soul into it, whether you like the guy or not, and I'm not, I, I don't know if Mo likes him or not, I'm assuming he still does, but this, this is business, is that when you cut ties, you're still going to give him the opportunity 
to go on to the next job. You're not going to bury him publicly so that he can't get that next job. And I think you would agree with this. You know, in any walk of life, more times than not, not always, but you're not going to bury that person so that they can't go work in that field anymore. Um, And so I, I think that's frustrating for fans that there's not a concrete reason as to why this happened. And we don't know. Um, so you are left to speculate, but you do have to wonder what happened last week. You know, like, was there something there that they found out that was uncovered that they didn't know about, meaning some of the relationships down there? Maybe, I don't know, was it with a player? Did players come forward and say, no, 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 we, we can't have this guy? Uh, did coaches not get along that we didn't know about? I, I just don't know. But I think, like, to your point, it's all open for discussion because you just don't know. Yeah, Danny, you mentioned those are baseball discussions that maybe you could get through. I I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I necessarily see it that way. Like, if, if you're the Cardinals and you're watching this series between the Giants and the Dodgers, and I, I read a great piece earlier today from Andy McCullough, who um, w- w- did a deep dive on what went into the decision last night for the Dodgers, wh- how they ended up going with Corey Knable as their opener and then eventually getting to Urias and then eventually getting to Max Scherzer at the end of the game. It was an organizational decision from top to bottom. The uh, president of baseball operations, Andrew Friedman, was a part of that. The coaching staff was a part of it. They went down to the players. They were a part of it. And if you don't get the feeling as John Mozeliak, and I'm not saying this was the right decision. I don't know if it was or not. We're going to find out over time whether or not they made a huge mistake yesterday. But I'm just thinking from John Mozeliak's perspective, if you don't believe you have the guy in charge who's willing to do those things, who's willing to play with the splits, who's willing to um, go with the young players that they want to bring up next year, that is a bit of an organizational split between the messaging from the front office and the messaging that is being relayed to the players in that clubhouse, I I do think it's possible that that alone would be enough uh, to make this kind of a a change. The thing that would be weird to me, though, if it is that, if it is what I'm talking about here, just to play devil's advocate, I guess, to myself, did that really just come up over the last few days? Because that's that's seemingly something that we've talked about, Dan, you and I on this show. I think you're answering your question. I mean, yeah. to me, that's stuff that you can get through. You know what I mean? And they they talk about baseball uh, situations all the time. You know what I mean? So that that's not going to be new to them of, of these things that you're talking about. That's been talked about from day one of spring training. You know, do we do the splits? Do we do this? Do we start with an opener? Do we go to six-man rotation? I mean, all that stuff's been on the table. So it's, I just think there's got to be something else. I mean, you, you look at it and you say – there, there had to be maybe a personality conflict of some sort, potentially, and maybe they just figured, hey, it's best just to go in a different direction right now and, and cut well, bait as we go. I, I think you're probably right, Dan, but like that's the kind of thing that I would have assumed would have grown over time, too. Like yeah, I would imagine I, for the agreed, vast majority yeah. of our listeners, they're probably thinking right now the same thing we are, like, it's Jeff Albert, right? Je- Jeff Albert is the guy that has come under a lot of scrutiny, both locally and nationally, and for good reason. The Cardinals' offense, the first half of the season, underperformed. And then you had the Tommy Edmond comments where he came out and said, hey, our offense is unprepared. Uh, and that is the worst thing you could possibly hear publicly if you're a coach. And so if, if, you're, if you're Mike Schilt, and let's operate under this assumption, I don't know if it's true or not, but let's operate under the assumption that he had philosophical differences with Jeff Albert. Those didn't just arise overnight. That had to have been something that the team knew about, the organization knew about throughout the season, 
And so, again, this goes back to, like, if that were the case and that's what led to this dismissal, that would have been something they knew prior to this week. And that wouldn't have been as urgent and as uh, immediate in terms of a decision needing to be made. There had to have been something else here. And, Dan, I don't even know what to speculate on. That That's what's so surprising yeah. about this is I don't even know what could have arisen this week that would have led to such an abrupt decision. So Mo was asked about how the team was managed this uh, past season. I felt the team was, was managed well. Um, you know, overall, I think, you know, the roster evolved. As you know, um, we had to make some mid-season mid changes because the original um, version of what we broke in spring was not working ideally. Um, but ultimately, I, I think, uh, given the way we finished and how we played, this is not a reflection simply on on wins and losses, right? It's not simply a question of, were you happy with, with how the game was managed? It really was more at a higher level of where we saw the team going and where we wanted it to go. So when I hear that, I think that kind of goes to what we're talking about here, BK. I'm not sure you agree. That looks like they could get through any kind of, hey, do we go with an opener, six-man rotate, you know, all that stuff. And by the way, he did do a good job managing this club. Um, four fish of the rotation yeah. at one point, out, struggled in June, got it together by the end, got 90 wins, got in. So that's not the uh, the issue here. So to me, it's more of a, there was a personality conflict in, uh, of some sort with, you know, could be with Mo and Mike. It could be with Mo uh, or Mike and uh, his staff uh, could be with the players. We just don't know. I, and I think we'll find out more as this uh, situation unfolds. I do I do believe that. It seems like, you know, you have the, the first 24, 48 hours, and then things seem to kind of trickle out as you go along. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know, Dan. This whole thing is puzzling to me. It, it really is. I was taken aback whenever we first heard about this yesterday. It happened at the very end of um, our, my show with Alex, BK, and Ferrario, which he, people can hear weekdays from 11 to 2. Nice plug. Thanks, man. This is what I'm here for. I'm a company man. Yes. Um, I, I, I just, I'm with you that I think you can get through some of these baseball things, but if they are so fundamental in terms of the way that Mo views the future of the team and the way that Mike Schilt viewed the future of the team, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they, they didn't believe that they were able to get through that anymore. I'm just not sure. The other thing that I would ask Dan, and I, I don't know this to be true, but again, when they invite this kind of speculation, this is what we have to do. I, I do wonder if some of this was almost inevitable. And what I mean by that is, so Mike Schultz was hired within the organization in 2003. And Dan, I, I'm sure you've dealt with this at, at some point in your career. But sometimes when you are hired by an organization as like the, the lowest man in that organization, right? And, and Schiltz came in as a, as a scout. He worked through coaching staffs. He ended up being a manager in the minors and then eventually getting his dream job as the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. I, I do wonder if there is something to him having the success and being National League Manager of the Year, winning 91 games, winning 90 games this year, going through the 17-game winning streak, getting this team to the postseason, navigating through what was one of the worst months in franchise history and finding a way out to the other side Mike Schilt is an accomplished manager now and he views himself as such and should frankly view himself as such he's, he's got a lot of pride and the Cardinals still viewing him as Mike Schilt the, the guy that they hired in some ways in 2003 
and him believing he has earned more of a say in certain decisions and the Cardinals saying, no, your job is to manage the games. Our job in the front office is to manage the roster. Sure. Again, I don't know if this is what it was, but I do wonder if there's something to that as well, because throughout the season this year, I did feel like there were more moments when you would hear Mike Schilt basically saying, not, not necessarily in these exact words, but saying publicly, if you read between the lines, hey, you know what, I'm manage, managing what I have. I'm managing what I have available to me. And that is in not so unclear terms, him saying, yeah, it'd be a little easier for me to manage this bullpen if I had better options available. You know, BK, it's a valid point. And I'll say this. I think there's no question that that kind of stuff has happened with, with Mike and with the front office. And by the way, I'd also say in probably 75% of teams, that happens. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Because the manager is is or a coach, he's judged on what did I do? Did I win or did I lose? Not a gray area. Did I win or did I lose? And the general manager or president of baseball operations is judged on wins, losses, and thinking about not only the now but ahead. And so if I'm a manager and BK, you're my, my uh, general manager, I'm going to you and saying, man, I need that left winger. I got to have him. Go get him for me. He, he fits perfectly for our team. And the GM would probably say, you're right, but I also have a budget. And I also have to answer to other people that you don't have to deal with. And I've got to make sure that we're within budget. Or I'm looking ahead to this kid that we have in the minors. And just you got to be patient because he's coming. And the manager or the, or the uh, coach is saying, I, in his mind, I can't be patient because if I don't win, I get fired. You know what I mean? That, that kind of stuff does happen. And so I, I'm with you. You know, there could have been some times that maybe he rubs somebody the wrong way. But that, that to me, happens all the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I no, get I, it. I, I, I understand I what you're right. saying. And, and the reason why I bring up any of this, again, is if the Cardinals are going to answer it. And I get it. Like, you're, you're right. They're, they're protecting Mike Schilt. They're probably protecting themselves, maybe protecting some people currently still within the organization. Yep. And I'm not saying from anything nefarious. Like, I... I don't think that's anything that took place here. I don't think this was like Mike Schilt did something horrible and that's why he's fired. I think that would have come out. I don't think this is that. This is philosophy. This is fundamentally they viewed the team going in diametrically opposed directions. And that's why I, I, I'm just I'm, I'm stunned, man. I, I really am. I, I am very surprised that this is what we're talking about today. I viewed this as a pivotal offseason for the Cardinals for a million different reasons. I think this team could win a World Series next year. I think, that, I think they're not too far away from that. I thought Schilt was going to be a part of what that looks like next year. And now the decisions that take place this offseason are not just on the field, but also who's going to be the making the decisions as to who is actually taking the field. Yeah, um, it is a, a fascinating situation. I, I believe Mike Schilt... I, I said yesterday that I, I spoke with him, and he, he was it was more of friend to friend. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't yeah. more about, you know, let's get to the nitty-gritty of this thing. I just wanted to check in and see how he How's was doing. He, doing? He, he was stunned, man. He was stunned with the decision. He was was not expecting this. Um, very emotional. I think he expected to be the manager of the Cardinals next year and and beyond. So, yeah, this this caught him off guard for he and his family. There's no question about that. And it caught a lot of people off guard throughout Major League Baseball, including Jim Bowden. 
Honestly, I was stunned. I mean, I thought the way the Cardinals played down the stretch was incredible. Watching those 16 wins in a row, he's got a 56% winning percentage since he got there. But more importantly, the team really came together. I loved how Tyler O'Neill developed this year, Harrison Bader, Tommy Edmond, uh, just uh, Dylan Carlson. I mean, all the young players got better. And there they were in the wild card game. And quite frankly, the, the best defensive team, I'll argue, in baseball. I mean, that's, that's how good this defensive team is. Um, and I, I was really puzzled, you know, to be honest with you. I heard John Moselock saying there were philosophical differences. And, you know, to me, I'm just curious, what can be the philosophical differences? I mean, you need a shortstop and you need a starting pitcher or two. But I'm not sure how this team can have philosophical differences. And, uh, again, you know, left to speculate a little bit. And um, I just wonder about the relationships, BK. That's – that's, and, again, yeah. we're not in those – we're not in those rooms. And that's a private matter, you know, for many businesses. We don't know all the, the things going on behind the scenes. And, you know, they decided to, to move on. And, and uh, that's what we're going to do, too. We're going to take a break. But when we come back, um, I want to get into some of the guys that maybe – could be on the short hey Dan, list. Yeah. Dan, let, let's continue this for a couple of minutes, then we'll get to Kevin Goldstein on the other side, if that's cool. Okay. Um, uh, can I ask you a quick question about this? No, you cannot. Okay, I'm going to do it anyways. Okay, I always do right this, ahead. and then I, I, I know what's going to happen to say no, and then I'm just going to power through anyways. Yes. Um, I heard Jeff Passan talking about this yesterday. I'd be curious your thoughts on this. He, he said, you know, it, if you look at this symbolically, right, from the 10,000-foot view, Mike Schilt was an extension of the old Cardinal way. He, he was the man that was given a George Kissel um, handbook, and he focuses on the fundamentals. And you look at the way that the Cardinals have played over the last three years with him as the manager, and you can see that playing out on the field. Great defense, fantastic base running. Um, they do not make many outs on the bases. They focus on situational hitting. I mean, even this year when they got to, as he called it, one-dimensional as a team, he got them refocused on what they needed to do with two strikes and all of those different situations, right? And now over the last couple of years, you have seen the Cardinals go with Jeff Albert and not Mark Budaska, and they have decided to go a separate way from Mike Schilt, who was, again, an extension of the old Cardinal way. Do you think there is a little bit of a modernizing of what the Cardinals do? And this is neither good nor bad. Maybe you view it as being bad, and that, that might be possible. But a modernizing of what the Cardinals do from the top down, and Jeff Albert is kind of spearheading that in a lot of ways. John Mosellock is spearheading that well, in a I, lot I of ways. There, there is analytically, of they're as analytically based as you can get. I, I think they're extremely uh a, a baseball team that's run with a lot of the time analytics being at the forefront if that's where you're going and that's what you're asking yeah, yeah I, I do you know and that's why I just wonder if, is is this the human element you know what I mean you just had a couple of people that didn't get along and you can't have that because again said we felt like the leadership downstairs needed to be on the same page so did he not get along with Mo Gersh uh, some of the analytics folks did you not get along with your coaching staff? Did you not get along with uh, your players? I, I don't know, you know, and that's what we're left to to guess on. So to your to answer your question, they're very analytically based, and and Mike, I, I was telling Michelle this. There were a couple of times with moves he would make BK like on the surface, and I said, why would you? I don't understand this on a, on the surface. 
And he would say, well, here's why I did it. And the move worked because, and sometimes it didn't, but he would go through the analytical look at the move. It was, yeah. it was like deep dive stuff. And, um, and so you're sitting there going, okay, all right, I get it. So I, I do think he had the right mix. I, I just don't, I'm just not sure like the Jeff Albert thing, you know, was there something then that arose then that still is hanging over now? Maybe, um, you know, when you're, when you're struggling a lot and it gets frustrating, as you know, and things are said, things are relationships get frayed. Sometimes, sometimes they're mended. Sometimes they go in a, a, a better direction because you come together when things are going tough. I don't know, you know, and, and that's something that we're going to have to find out here in the next few days. I really believe yeah, that. I, I, I think that, I think there might be something to the, this portion of it. And um, I'm just fascinated to see how that man manifests itself both in the offseason and moving forward. And I will add this. And again, I'm not saying that this is a good thing inherently. I think you can make an argument. Mike Schultz was a really good manager who deserved to be the manager moving forward. And going this route might end up being a bad decision for the Cardinals. However, as you look around the postseason and you see the Dodgers and the Giants and the Rays and this version of the Red Sox all moving forward, the Astros, these are very analytically driven teams that have had a, a, a great amount of success as a result of their, at least in part, they also have um, really good analytically players. driven decisions. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And that's a huge, that, that is the biggest part of it. You got to have the players at the end of the day. Um, but if you're if you're in John Mosellock's shoes, I, I do wonder if that's part of this. As you look around the league and you say, uh, we, we've got to make sure that we're keeping up with the Joneses in yeah. this department. Yeah, I mean, that, that could be part of it as well. So some of the names that are out there that uh, – and tell me if I'm missing somebody here, BK, okay? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I got uh, in no particular order because a lot of times it was mentioned we want to stay in-house or however they phrased it. I'm sure you have the phrase. I've been yeah, up for a long time. Okay, buddy. Yeah, internal candidates. So I'm looking at <laughs> Stubby Clapp, uh, who won a couple of PCL titles, played for uh, the Cardinals, uh, won a championship, the overall championship in the minors in 2018. He's got his number retired in Memphis, so there's a familiarity, obviously, with Stubby Clapp. I think the leader in the clubhouse right now would be Ali Marmol. Now, he's 35. Uh, third season as Mike Schultz bench coach. Um, he's a very bright guy. At one point, he was the uh, the youngest manager in the minor leagues, like when he was 30 or 31, 32, something like that. In 2012, I think he was down in the Gulf Coast League. Yeah, I mean, and he's very now, so he was like 25 at the time. Very bright guy, and um, I would that that's where I'm leaning. Um, I think you're going to hear from Skip Schumacher. And I, I, my guess would be you interview a lot of guys. Uh, and I was saying this, and I don't know if you agree with it, but I was saying this with Michelle, if I'm in that seat, I want to hear from outside perspective too. You know, like, Couldn't agree more. hey, I'm going to bring you in. We're interviewing you. And what do you like about our team? What do you think our organization does well? What don't we do well? How would you change it? Because it's good to have different sets of eyes watching what you do. Um, I'm going to throw one out there that would intrigue me a lot, and that's Matt Holiday. Um, and Matt Holiday is has got um, experience in terms of b being around a, a dad that was a, a top tier coach in college. His brother is doing that. He's coaching now at Oklahoma State. Um, you know, he's been a guy that that enjoyed great success here in St. Louis. He's close with Nolan Arenado. That would be a factor. 
do you want Trevor's story? I bet he could probably bring, uh, bring him here. And that would be something maybe that is brought to the table. Uh, and I know he would assemble an all-star staff. And that's something I would think about as well, because he is so well-connected in the game, so well-respected in the game. Um, I'd love to hear what he'd have to say about it. Uh, I would think Joe McEwing, maybe. Joe McEwing has ties to St. Louis, played here. He has been now a bench coach for a number of years in the White Sox organization. He managed in the minor leagues. Mark DeRosa, there was talk that maybe he was interested in getting into the managerial side of things. His name was brought up um, months ago for some, I can't remember which spot it was, but he was traded to St. Louis in 09, so there's a familiarity with him. You're going to hear maybe the names, and I don't think they're candidates, but maybe could be. Who knows? Ron Washington, Brad Osmus, John Gibbons, Jeff Bannister. Um, and I'll give you a couple of guys that would be of interest potentially. Eduardo Perez. He has been a hitting coach with the Houston Astros. He has, um, I believe, he interviewed for the Mets job. Um, obviously comes from a great family background understands the game of baseball as well as anybody that would be somebody and maybe carlos beltran you know if if aj hinch can get a job and alex cora can get a job why not carlos beltran he's paid enough uh, of a price lost his job with the mets we had him here in st louis great communicator with players uh from all over the place so that that would be somebody that maybe that I would think about. So those, that's just off the top of my head. Am I missing anybody? I got two more for you, Dan. Uh, one that I would add into that is Bruce Bochy. I do not think that he's necessarily going to fit into what they're trying to do moving forward if this is going to be a more analytically driven approach. Um, the Giants decided to go that route, and Bruce Bochy decided to be done <laughs> with the Giants. So I'm not sure that's the route, although I do think he's a fantastic manager, and you could do a hell of a lot worse than Bruce Boshi. The other guy that I would bring up is Joe Espada, who is the bench coach down with the Houston Astros right now. That is a very analytically driven organization, as you know, Dan, and he is a guy that's been with them for a while now. Um, he has, I would imagine, some experience with Jeff Albert as well. I don't know what their relationship is, but um, that would be one other name that I would bring up. But everything else, Dan, my list looks identical to basically the other names that you mentioned there you know i mentioned also on the morning show jose okendo but i think he is enjoying what he's doing now in his role individual coaching that kind of thing so you never know cramming more st louis sports talk into your brain it's the danny mac show with bk on 101 espn Goldstein has uh, been kind enough to join us, former assistant GM of the Astros, writer for Fangraphs, uh, Danny Mac show on a Friday. Obviously, the big news we're talking about, Mike Schilt, let go as the manager of the Cardinals. And uh, Kevin, thanks for hopping on this morning. Really appreciate your time. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you today? Uh, doing well. What did you think of the uh, news when you heard it that Mike Schilt was let go? I was shocked. I I'm absolutely shocked. And it sounds like so was Mike. Uh, so, uh, yeah, obviously nobody saw this coming, and, and it, you know, we don't really know what happened. We have some, some, some slight clues to maybe help us speculate a little bit better, but everything, you know, everything we got from here is speculation at this point until, you know, someone tells us the real story. And 
I, I guess the one thing I'm, I'm pretty convinced of is that there is a real story as to why here that we don't know yet. You've been in the game a long time. I'm, I'm curious, just kind of reading the tea leaves from the outside, you know, perspective of this. Um, what, what are some of your inklings as to why this may have happened? You know, I, I think the, the uh, I don't know if the biggest tea leaf's the right term here or not, but the, the one that really stands out to me is the fact that, you know, there was this meeting a week ago today uh, with, with Mike and the coaches. Um, and that's a meeting that happens. Yeah, every team has it. It's a meeting that happens when your season comes to an end. And, and for the Cardinals, it came to, to an end, you know, a little bit sooner than they wanted it to, but still, you know, the great second half run and they get to the wild card game and, you know, really take the Dodgers to the edge in that one. So you have this meeting at the end and, and, the thing that strikes me is that meeting, you know, certainly is a review of some things that happened in 2021. But for the most part, it is a forward-looking meeting. Yeah, that is a meeting about the off-season, and then, then you know, talks about 2022 and things like that. Mike Schilt was in that meeting. That means that seven days ago, it's, it's my belief that the Cardinals thought Mike Schilt was going to be their manager in 2022, or he wouldn't have been in that meeting. And so it, it, it makes me wonder, like, what happened? What? you know, either in that meeting or at some point after that, that convinced the Cardinals that Mike Schultz was not going to be their manager in 2022. You know, that that's the one thing that really, you know, kind of strikes me as to, to you know, what changed. And the other piece of information that, you know, got me happened yesterday when, you know, obviously the, the Cardinals had to make a statement and go to the press about it, they fired their manager, was them saying that the entire staff is staying. And that makes me think, that something very you know, specific and individual to Mike took place in the last seven days. Something he said, some sort of argument that went down, something he did that made them really just kind of, of you know, do a sudden 180 on this. It's kind of like uh, you know, going down the highway, and next thing you know, you got to do a U-turn, uh, you know, to make this happen. I feel like whatever happened, it was it was it was a sudden thing. When you hear there is a philosophical difference between the organization and the manager. What comes to mind for you? Um, I mean, you're not going to like my answer. My, 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 what comes to mind is, is that was, that was the sentence that the, the PR department of the St. Louis Cardinals decided to, to use to, to explain what happened. I don't necessarily think there is a philosophical difference. I think more likely is, you know, at some point, you know, there was a, there might have been a disagreement on something, but at some point they something happened, either said or was done, that made them say this guy's not our manager going into next year. You know, there might not be any philosophical difference, but you have to say something, and you, you might not want to talk about the real reason why. I, I can think of you know, three managerial changes in the last decade where, you know, when it came out, they said, you know, this isn't the guy for us. We want to move forward in a different way or things like that. But in reality, something happened. And I'm not saying that for sure that's what happened. This is all speculation. I have no idea what happened with Mike Schill. I'm just saying, like, like teams teams use language. Um, you know, I, I know you'll be shocked to hear this, but <laughs> teams lie to you in press releases or, or did what? not lie to you. But, but, but yeah, exactly. You know, teams uh, you know, lie is a bad word, but teams certainly obfuscate or don't give you 100% of the story. Um, and, and sometimes, or should they, to be honest with you. Uh, but the point is, is, is you know, that was the term that was used, was philosophical differences. They, there, and there might have been a big fight about going forward. You know, there might have been a, a huge problem where, you know, Mike Schultz said, I, this, is, this is a player I, I don't, you know, I don't like and I don't want to play. And they said, that, you know, that guy's staying and then he's there. Or, or, or 
maybe even the opposite where we, you know, we got to have this guy and he's going to stay. And they're saying that's, we're going to look for someone else to play that position. Um, it could have been everything from who knows. I mean, he, there could be arguments he didn't like, you know, when they were reviewing the season, he didn't like the input he got on the lineups or, or, or in-game strategies or things like that. We have no idea. Um, the, the one thing that just really strikes me was this happened. Obviously this, to me, this happened very quick um, or it would have happened much sooner if that makes sense or you know it would have happened right after the the wild card game for it to happen when it happened um makes me think that this was a very sudden thing uh the fact that they're keeping all of their staff again makes me think this was a sudden and very mike shield specific thing and then you know the other thing that that i'm still kind of maybe trying to process and was weird was that um you know we had a massive game yesterday uh between the giants and the dodgers there are rules uh, within baseball during the playoffs about making giant announcements and the Cardinals had to ask major league baseball for permission to make this announcement. They needed, they wanted to get this done. Like, you know, you see the, the Cubs have announced their new general manager today because today's an off day and that's when you can make announcements. Um, and for some reason, the Cardinals not only wanted to do this, uh, but they needed to do this very quickly. Kevin uh, Goldstein is our guest and uh, former assistant GM of the Astros, writer at Fangraphs, and been around the game a long, long time. So you see trends with organizations, and Mo has been at the head of this organization, or at least behind the scenes, even if he wasn't the head of it, for a long, long time. They mentioned the internal options to replace Mike Schilt, and uh, I'm just curious what you think. Do you think that's the uh, they've got their mind up already and that's the uh, direction they go, or are they going to look outside the organization? Just you know this really well in terms of just kind of reading tea leaves. What do you think? I, I think it, they're going to stay within the organization. And, and you know, it, it's it's what they do, really. You know, you think about how they've operated in the past. It is very much a, a, a cardinal way kind of organization. That, you know, and, I, and they have a guy there who's, you know, been considered a managerial candidate outside the organization at times and stubby clap. Um and I think that would be kind of your, your leader around the bend here, if you will, and then kind of the favorite for the job. And I would be surprised if they go outside the organization just because they so rarely do. Um, you know, they, they kind of believe in developing their own managers, if you will. Um, and, and, you know, Schultz was a great example of that. You know, Schultz a guy who, as you know, in a couple of decades in that organization, um, you know, much like they try to draft and, and scout and develop their own players. They also want to if, if scout is, is maybe a weird, weird used word to use, but they want to identify and, and develop their own managers. And I, and I think they'll keep it internal there. They tend to be big believers in, in that kind of thing. I'm curious, Kevin, do, do you have a relationship or know Jeff Albert at all? He's the Cardinals hitting coach. Now he was within the Astros organization for, for a number of years. D- did you, no, Jeff Albert, did you guys' paths cross while you were in Houston? And if so, what what was your impression of his hitting philosophy in that time? Yeah, absolutely. I'm certainly, certainly ran into Jeff quite frequently, at, you know, at our affiliates during spring training um, and, and you know, things like that. And uh, yeah, plenty of time, spent time with Jeff. And I, you know, Jeff is a guy who has definitely embraced new technology when it comes to hitting. At times, has been on the forefront of it. And uh, you know, trying to take what we've been able to learn with some of the new technology and apply it to coaching. You know, that's that, that, that's always the biggest challenge is, you know, we can figure a lot of some of this stuff out and have. Like, you know, this is some data we've learned about hitting. This is some data we've learned about pitching. 
it's all fine and dandy, but the, the, the real challenge of the job is trying to convert that knowledge into something you can communicate to a baseball player. You know, it's, it's not every baseball player can you walk up to and and talk about a you know a spin rate and you know and vertical movement, not counting for gravity. You no, know, like you have to be able to explain what this this is a good pitch. And this is a good location for this pitch. And, and here's why. We'll show you the data and let's explain it. You know, but it, it's con- taking that stuff and kind of translating it to baseball coach speak is, is, is a real challenge. And something Jeff really did well at and in terms of being able to take this kind of stuff and try to explain it to players and try to implement these kind of things that we learned into making guys better hitters. And so, you know, yeah, Jeff was, was really one of the first people to start doing that on the hitting side. And, you know, in terms of, of – you know the, the the hardcore analytic world that front offices are are, are messing around with. They're, they always were, and they still are, way ahead on pitching as opposed to hitting because there are certain aspects of hitting that we can't measure. You know, I, I did the most important part to hitting a baseball is hand-eye coordination, and there's no lasers to measure that. You know, when a pitch comes out of a hand. We can tell you every single thing about it. We can tell it to its velocity. We can tell you all about its movement. We can tell you exactly where it arrived, you know, over the plate in terms of location, in, out, up, and down. I can't measure hand-eye coordination. I can measure all sorts of efficiency in a swing and bat speed and things like that and certainly do put a lot of work to try to improve those kind of things and create a more efficient swing and maybe even try to generate more bat speed and things like that. I cannot measure or improve your hand-eye coordination. You know, that's, that's way inside your brain. The brain's a weird place. Like, we have no idea. And so there's more challenges to hitting, if you will. And and it's something that, that I think we all know. But, um, but you know, I guess I digress there. But, yeah, Jeff's a, Jeff's a guy who's always been on the forefront of the technology that we do have at hitting and, you know, trying to help figure it out and then use it in a good coaching way. Hey, Kevin, thank you so much for the insight, your time. Love reading your work. And uh, we'll catch up very soon during this offseason. Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. Have a good one, guys. You got it. Kevin Goldstein from uh, Fangraphs and former assistant GM of the Astros. Some interesting thoughts, no doubt about that. That's BK. I'm Danny Mac. Back with more. We'll wrap it up in a moment. Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. The Danny Mac Show on BK with Danny Mac. I'm Brandon Kylie. Coming up on BK and Ferrario, the Cardinals seem to have shifted from the old Cardinal way into the Mo way. We'll talk about that. We've got Mike Johnson of NHL Network coming up at 11:30, and Barrett Jackman, the former Blues defenseman, joining the show at 12:15. All of that coming up from 11 to 2 on 101 ESPN.